Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. We'll be right back to today's show. But before we do, I want to let you know that you can get a free copy of my first book, Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma, when you leave a review for the podcast on Apple Podcasts, either on desktop or on your phone. All you have to do is go to Apple Podcasts, look up Think Unbroken, click follow in the top right, and then go and leave a review at the bottom. And when you leave that review, screenshot it and send it over to book.thinkunbroken.com where you can upload your contact and mailing information, and we will send you a free copy of this award-winning, best-selling book, absolutely free, including shipping. Just go to book.thinkunbroken.com to upload your screenshot review from Apple Podcasts for the Think Unbroken podcast. And until next time, my friend, be unbroken. I'll see you. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show. But I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, my friends. We will be right back to the show. But I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. You're listening to the Think Unbroken podcast, and I'm your host, Michael Unbroken. I'm an author, speaker, coach, and advocate for adult survivors of childhood trauma and abuse. In this podcast, you will learn how to transform your trauma into triumph, turn breakdowns into breakthroughs, and go from victim to being the hero of your own story. You can learn more at thinkunbrokenpodcast.com, and of course, check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify at Think Unbroken Podcast. Hey, what's up, Unbroken Nation? Hope that you're doing well wherever you are in the world today. Very excited to be back with you with another episode with my guest, Jeff Buner, who is an author, speaker, and coach. Jeff, my man, what is happening in your world? Hey, a lot of good stuff. Michael, I'm honored to be on your show. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's a it's a pleasure and the honor is all mine. You know, your story is really fascinating, man. To go from basically, you know, farm boy to business mogul is something that most people can't even begin to comprehend. And and when I start these shows, I, I like to kind of get in the context and create a framework of your journey. And, and so I'm curious, when you look back on the things that have connected the dots to create Jeff to who he is today, what are some of those significant moments of your childhood where you're like, that's why I am who I am? Oh, that is a great question. You know, I grew up on a farm, like you said. Uh, I kind of had some very deep core subconscious beliefs about who I am, who I'm supposed to be. You know, we're all told from the second we get here what group we belong to, what this group thinks, what we value, what we don't, how we act, how we don't act. And I absorbed all that as a kid and then came into adulthood with these core beliefs that really were great for a kid growing up on a farm. But now I wanted to do something in the world as an adult and I was getting my butt kicked. My values and core beliefs were not helping me. I wasn't succeeding. What were those values and beliefs? Well, they sound great on paper. Uh, One of them was 
that the only honorable way to make money was to work hard for it manually, you know, physical labor. And that's what I was doing. I was a concrete contractor working from sunup to sundown. But I was going a little bit backwards financially every year. And I was getting more and more unhappy with each passing year. It's interesting how when we're we're young, and I want to go deeper into this with you. When we're young, we we have this presumption that the people around us have our best interest in mind. And the older I get, the more I realize that it's not that they don't, it's just that they have already been limited to a capacity in which they're carrying through these generational truths and beliefs that ultimately make you stagnant. You know, I remember so often my, my grand, so my grandmother raised me and adopted me when I was 12. My mother's a drug addict, alcoholic, never met my father except once. And, and when I moved in with my grandmother, it was like a saving grace, Jeff, because for the first time I ever in my life, I had safety and security. However, along with that sense of safety and security came these isms that she would drop on us frequently. And those things would be like, you should be grateful for exactly what you have and should never want more. And they were isms like, you're lucky you're making $3.15 an hour at the movie store because nobody else is making that much money. They were isms like, whatever you do, don't quit your job because you'll never have anything better than this. And Jeff, it, it, it made me so stuck, man, where it was like, what am I doing? I'm looking at my life as I'm a teenager and I'm like, I don't, it is insane to me to make three to $4 an hour and then go next door to the sandwich shop and spend 12 bucks on lunch <laughs> yeah. and people are okay with that. And that was a belief I had to pull myself out of into prosperity, abundance, and joy. And so I'm curious, as you were you were young and you're looking at this as getting embedded in you, like what are your thoughts about the future? Like what was what were the plans that Jeff had laid out based on these ideals and these assumptions that other people had groomed into him? You know what's funny, Michael, is the people who gave me these core beliefs. They were not, I mean, they're all wonderful people. They were all working hard and making a living, taking care of their families. But I couldn't point to anybody who was doing what I wanted to do, go out and be an entrepreneur and make good money, you know, and have free time and a good lifestyle. So, and yet I bought all of that conventional wisdom and it wasn't all bad. You know, it's a good idea to be able to work hard. I'm glad I learned to do that. But something had to change at about the time I was 33, and I knew it. I was drowning in debt. I was drowning in this lifestyle of no free time, just getting exhausted. But I had no idea what to do to make that change happen. In fact, I couldn't even believe that there was any way for my life to change. It's wild because that's so many people, man. It's so many people. I, I made a, I've shared this on the show a million times. So guys, I apologize, but I have to, because I want to create context. When, when I was 18, I said to myself, I want to make a hundred thousand dollars a year by the time I'm 21. And I had no high school diploma, no college education. 
I ended up landing a job with a Fortune 10 company and I made that happen. Now, I, I definitely wish I would have said a million dollars because it might have been a very different outcome. Um, but but what, what I realized were that the people around me, Jeff, this was the craziest thing to witness. The people around me started to resent me because my car got better. My clothes got better. Let's, let's call it what it is. I was also a giant. So I'm not going to pretend that wasn't a part of the equation, but the, the thing that I noticed is like, they were so trapped in those limiting beliefs and mindsets. They were so trapped in it and indoctrinated and scared of shift. And so here you are, you're, you're in your twenties, your thirties, you're doing this grind for so long, like really pushing to the limit. You're in debt. Life is not what you want it to be. What is going through your mind while this is happening? Because here on this one hand, I'm, I want to challenge you because I want to go deep into this because I think it matters. On this one hand, here's Jeff with these dreams of prosperity, entrepreneur, entrepreneurship, freedom of time, joy, travel, all of the things that come along with creating something on your own. And yet you're trapped. Yes. Now, I'm going to tell you in a minute a story about going from a $60,000 a year concrete contractor to making hundreds of thousands a month in a new business that just fell into my lap, that fit me perfectly, was right down my alley. And when that happened, you are dead on. I got hit with people who had me cubbyholed in a very comfortable, they liked me as a $60,000 a year guy. I was one of them, you know, working hard. Belly you can curse, it's fine. <laughs> Bellying about how hard I worked, how you know hard life was, and they liked it. And as soon as I changed and started living the life I wanted to live, and I'll tell you exactly how I how what happened to make this come about. Uh, I had people coming to me, literally angry, mad at me, and kind of trying to talk me into going back to uh, who I who I was, but I'm trying to think of the right way to put this because they wanted me to be authentic. Hey, just be you. What are you doing? You're being someone you're not. Well, the reality is there's no such thing as you. You are an invented role and you can reinvent your role anytime. And we'll get deep into this in a minute. Yeah. I want to go deeper though, into your, where you were in your thought process, where you were emotionally in that time before the transition, because I think so many people are there. That's where they're trapped. And you know, this Jeff, they're, they're in this job, this relationship, these friendships, these family dynamics in which they feel stuck. And you, you had this stuckness, but you, you felt, I, I'm going to put words in your mouth. I assume that you felt like there was still more. There's a calling that little voice inside of you that says, Hey, Jeff, tick tock, do something. And so I'm wondering, like, where were you in your head? You're like, man, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm doing what everyone's telling me to do, but I have to assume you weren't happy. No, and there's that disillusionment. I'm doing exactly what people told me to do. Why am I so miserable? And most people, and I think your audience will relate to this. Most people are living in a state of fear. And that might range from just concern and worry that's always there all the way to full-blown panic where every day is terrifying. You don't know what to do. You don't know what's coming. 
And I was in what I would call a mild state of panic every <laughs> single day. It never went away. I had dreams of being scared of what was happening and what, what uh, you know, I feared could happen. Put it that way. Were you, so what do you do with those? Are you just stuffing them down? Are you hiding? Are you not, are you, like, how do you navigate that thing in your head though? Well, I was just living with it. And uh, I'll tell you one thing though, this is just uh, honest, kind of open up and be fair and truthful. I began to pray. Now I, I'd grown up in a, you know, a church community and uh, I would say that I was a believer in some higher power, God. Uh, but at this point in my life, I was praying in a very desperate way. It was like, help me or get me the heck out of here. I can't live like this anymore. Mm. Especially when it got to where I realized, you know, I thought my wife really appreciated how hard I was working and I was paying the bills and we had a home and she had a car and then I found out that she wanted a lot more out of life. She wanted somebody to help with the kids and go do fun things. And I was doing none of that. And when it mm -hmm. hit me that she was unhappy, I was devastated. Like that's when I started thinking either change something, figure it out, or now I wasn't suicidal. I don't want to give that, but it was like, if I can't figure it out and an accident happens, then fine with me. It's wonderful. Yeah. You know? yeah. You just became nonchalant about it. Yeah. Yeah. I was living in pain and I didn't even know how yeah. much fear and pain. Cause I thought everybody was having the same experience. I thought that was normal. The, you know, what's devastating about what you just said, Jeff, you're right. Everyone is having that experience. Let me rephrase that. The vast majority of people are having that experience. Yes. I was going to add to what you said there, and then you corrected it. There are people who are having a wonderful life. They're succeeding. They figured out how life works. Now, maybe they're not succeeding in every aspect of life because you have people who we're going to get into a formula in a minute. And some people do it instinctively. I had to learn it from someone. But if you do it, you succeed. I mean, it's that simple. But some people do it in one aspect of life, but haven't codified what they're doing. They just, in that one aspect, they just seem to instinctively do it. So you have people who are wildly successful at one thing and abject failures at other aspects of life. And you think, wait, if you can do it in one aspect, why can't you do it in every aspect? And that's the million dollar question. Yeah. And that's that. I mean, that was my life. You know, I look at my, my entire twenties, 20 to 29. That was my whole life. I'm like really great in this one area. Body is a disaster. Finances are a disaster. Relationships are a disaster. Everything's disaster. Right. And, and then I, I realized what happened because there's a catalyst, right? I, I think that this is natively true for anyone who sees a massive change in their life. There is something that sparks the fire. 
And, and for me, it was, I'm looking at my life. I'm 26 years old. I've made a million bucks, but I'm $50,000 in debt. I'm wow. borrowing money from my girlfriend to pay the rent, 350 pounds, chain smoking, like living, living exactly what everyone told me I was based on the belief and values and assumptions that they had planted into me in my youth. And I was ingrained and enmeshed in, Yes, and I was being everything they told me to be. And then one day after my rock bottom moment, I see this ad from um, Brendan Burchard, high performance coach, amazing, amazing human being. And I remember it was $49, Jeff. You got to think about how limited this mindset is at this time. $49. Well, I don't have $49. I don't, my car has been repossessed. Think about this, Jeff. I'm making 160 grand a year. Car has been repossessed. Girlfriend has to give me money to pay rent in the place that we live in together. And I look down on my feet and I'm wearing $300 shoes. And I realized in that moment, I was like, dude, you're it. You care about these shoes more than you care about yourself. And I was like, screw it. I'm already 50 grand in debt. What's another 50 bucks? I buy the course. And that became the singular decision that changed everything. I think people are always looking for this miracle to fall into their lap. And I think there are miracles. I think there are things that present themselves right? It's like that old adage, the guy on the island and God sends him a helicopter, but he doesn't get in. It's like dummy, like pay attention, right? But you have to make a decision within those miracles because there's always a catalyst. So I'm wondering what was that for you? What's the catalyst and what is the decision you make at 33 years old that changes everything? Oh, that's a great question, but I didn't make a decision Something happened, and this is often the case. You know, when somebody makes a major change, they go from very unhealthy, maybe they're really overweight, and then the next time you see them, they're thin and fit and, and uh, tr you know, trim and happy. There's always a story. There's always something that happened or someone they came across that taught them something. And so my story is not unique in that way. I was just going along hating life and believing that I just, there's no way that I could change it, that I could have the life I wanted. And here's what happened. I was, I took on a job. It was a good job. And this elegant, beautiful couple were refurbishing this old home in a really beautiful neighborhood. They obviously had a lot of money um, and they were beyond just successful financially, they were so kind and warm. And the lady especially was talking to us, you know, these lowly, dirty concrete guys in a way that almost made us feel like she respected us on an equal level. I couldn't believe it. And one morning I told her that she and her husband were everything I wanted out of life but that there was no way, or at least I couldn't see a way to get there. And this conversation started out kind of positive, but it devolved very quickly into me complaining. I remember telling her that it didn't seem fair how hard I worked. And yet I was, you know, one of the poorest in all my, my friend group. And uh, right in the middle of my complaining, she turned around and walked off. 
And I remember being very embarrassed. I thought, here's your chance to get to know somebody who's wealthy and could maybe teach you something. And you blew it by belly aching. But she came back a minute later and handed me a manuscript. So I didn't make a decision or do anything. She gave me a gift flat out. But I can, didn't can I challenge you real quick, Jeff? Please. Because I, I believe you did make a decision, though, because you decided to have that conversation with her. Okay, yes. Yes. And that, that, that can be the thing, right? Well, as you go through life, things happen. You do stuff. You're feeling frustrated, for example. So you do talk about it with your friends. And maybe a friend puts you in touch with someone else and says, hey, this person can help you. So you're always making decisions. You're always trying to improve your life. And sometimes, look, I got to go back to the way I was praying. Sometimes a miracle happens for you. You know, and I have to give credit there because I was praying for one, and on that day I got it. What is in this manuscript? I wasn't even going to read it, Michael. I remember thinking when she handed me this stack of papers, I'm like, lady, you have no idea what my life is like. I get up at 5.15, I leave the house by... You know, six six thirty at the latest. I work all day. Come home at seven thirty at night. Wolf down some food. Take a shower and throw myself in bed. I am not reading a paper. But I read one page before I went to bed and stayed up all night reading the rest and making taking notes. What was like, what was so captivating about this that you were like enthralled by it? Because, you know, here that's happened to me too. I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you quick context. So I, I, I got a copy of Grant Cardone's 10 X book and it came and it was sitting on my desk. And for whatever reason, I was like, do you need to read this? I didn't know. I didn't even know who Grant was. I was just like buying books. I was just trying to un, like explore things. And, um, and sitting there on the desk and something's like, read me, read me. It's like this weird calling. And I read the book and literally, Jeff, I spent the entire night up reading it next to my then girlfriend in bed. And I wake up in the morning and I'm like, who the hell is this guy? And I start Googling and researching him. Fast forward a bit of time and now he's become an investor in Think Unbroken and he is a partner and he is someone who has spoken highly into my life as a mentor because what I read in that book was everything that I needed. And so I'm wondering like, what did you read in that book? Like what, what was it for you that was like, for me, you're like, I cannot stop in this moment. Well, okay, this this book blew my mind. It told the story of an unbelievable character, Sultan Musa of Mali, the richest man to ever walk the earth. And he's a real guy in history. You can read about him. He lived in the 1300s. But to put this in perspective, he was wealthier than Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk combined, clear back then. But he wasn't just rich. He, I mean, he became Sultan of the kingdom. 
but he wasn't born to a sultan. He, he actually was dirt poor as a little boy. His father passed away when he was young, and that condemned him and his mother to just unbelievable poverty. Like people think they're poor. I thought I was poor when I was in the concrete business. No, he had to steal food every day to stay alive. His mother couldn't feed him, at least not on a regular basis. He was on his own and living a horrible life, a scary life, a really scary life. Um, and his is the greatest rags to riches story ever told. But like I say, he was successful in his his marriage, was a thing of legend, his uh, generosity. He wrote profound, uh, just wrote all kinds of stuff, including this story. Uh, he wrote two parchments in particular. One was a metaphor for his life. And just think about this. This is the fairy tale, Aladdin and the Magic Lamp. So he writes this, and centuries later, almost everyone on earth is familiar with it. Now that alone, I mean, I've written stuff, nobody knows. I've got a book now that a few thousand people have bought. Okay, big deal. Now he wrote this fairy tale to literally preserve his life. So he could use the fairy tale and teach the principles that I'm about to tell you about without getting himself killed because he learned everything that changed his life when he survived an attempt on his life. An older thief tried to murder him and he survived it. But during, he had a near death experience or what we call maybe an out of body experience. And in this experience, he met a man made of light and love. He never put a name, he never called him Allah, never called him Jesus Christ, just a man made of light and love. And he learned from this man crazy, astonishing truths that he then, when he came back, used not just to lift himself out of poverty, but to lift the entire Mali kingdom out of poverty and unite it. It was just a bunch of warring factions and tribes. He united that whole kingdom and expanded it to cover almost all of West Africa. People came to him and begged him to take over their little kingdom and make it part of his big, prosperous, happy, successful kingdom. Yeah, it's absolutely incredible. And and Aladdin is oddly enough my favorite Disney movie. Um <laughs> and the world, it, the world we all love it. It's a great story. How how can you not? But you know, that that's a story, right? And and you said something that I think is important there. You know, when I when I look at film, for instance, I, I am obsessed with the Matrix. I've said that on this show 10 million times, so I won't get into it, but the reality is I, I look and I go, okay, there's always a metaphor here. There's always something that if you're really paying attention, you can bring into your life. You can bring to the forefront. It's actionable. Even though it might seem far-fetched, it's like, no, no, there's something there if you're really paying attention. 
And so he he laid out this guide. It's something that now is in your hands. You're reading, you're picking up. What are what are the things that are starting to strike true for you? Not only in that that moment of reading it, and I'm sure you're probably exhausted, right? But like, what are you starting to believe that you can bring into your life from this? Oh, there's a formula for something called the language of the gods. And when you speak this language, the world obeys your commands. It just does. So I'm reading this, uh, you know, the, the fairy tales there, yes, but the second parchment uh, gave a complete tutorial on how to speak this language of the gods and a detailed, like a detailed uh, tutorial on all of the teachings that the man made of light gave him. So I'm reading this, and first of all, I absolutely knew it was true. I knew if I followed that formula, if I learned to speak the language of the gods, that it would work, that I would change my life. But I was terrified to try it because I thought, for the first time in my life, I have unbelievable hope. I feel so excited and if this doesn't work, I literally, I'm going to go kill myself. I would be so devastated if it's not true. But I knew it was true. And yet, just on that precipice of being afraid to even try just in case it was BS or something. But I did try it and my life began to change very rapidly. What I, is the it? Okay, the it is, let's go back to the metaphor for fun. Now, Antoine Gallant was absolutely honest that he did not write Aladdin and the Magic Lamp. He got two parchments from a Syrian fisherman. Now, he only published the fairy tale. He didn't publish the teachings of the man made of light or anything about the language of the gods. He didn't talk about, you know, near-death experiences, any of that because he was terrified that it would destroy his reputation and career. But he got these two parchments written 300 years prior to his, you know, when he lived, written by Sultan Musa of Mali. But it's that second parchment. I don't know that you can even uh, read the fairy tale and get... Uh, the seven principles out of it. He used it as like, he would teach this, the principles. And if anyone called him on it or started getting him in trouble, he'd say, hey, just relax. It's a story. You know, I'm just telling a story and uh, kind of adding my life's experience in here. But you've got to read the, the second parchment is when it hit me. Uh well, he, he just describes what each of the elements of the fairy tale represent. So I want to go through that with you real quick. Let's just yeah, let's do it. So when he had his near-death experience, he realized a couple things very quickly. One was that he had two bodies. He had a spirit body, which is the one that has the life force in it. It's the one that matters. But he also had a physical body, and death, at death, what happens is the spirit body pops out of the physical body. 
And when that happens, the physical body is worth nothing. It's just a lump of material lying there. It can't feel, can't think, can't move. It's the spirit body that has the life and it continues on. It's immortal. The other thing he learned immediately was that spirit body is a literal child of God. So I'm reading this thinking, man, I hope that's, I mean, it changed how I saw myself. If I'm a literal child of God, just having a physical experience, it gave me some value that I really didn't have before. But it goes on. There is a mechanism that controls your life 100%. So as you have two uh, two bodies, you also have two minds. The conscious mind, which is represented, by the way, by Aladdin in the fairy tale, and the subconscious mind, which is represented by the all-powerful genie. The genie can create any life for you that you want it to if you know how to talk to it. Here comes the magic lamp, and this is the language of the gods. This language is the language that is constantly taking place between you, the conscious mind, and your subconscious mind. Now, <laughs> it has nothing to do with the words that come out of your mouth on a daily basis, and nothing even to do with the thoughts you think but it is the mechanism that controls your life and whatever it believes to be true about you is absolutely the way it's going to be. You can take that to the bank. Whatever subconscious core beliefs you have, that's how your life is going to end up and you can't stop it. Now, these beliefs are always changing as you have new experiences, but they're set typically by an event accompanied by really strong emotion. Like, you know, maybe you stand up in front of a crowd as a little boy or a little girl and you try to sing or perform or give a talk and it either goes real well or real bad. And either way, because that was a big event and a lot of emotion tied to it, especially if somebody snickers and laughs and you feel like you bombed, you forgot what you were going to say, you now have a subconscious belief that you never get on a stage again. You never get in front of people again. And, you know, that could change with experience as you go forward and have different experiences and different emotion. But in that moment, a subconscious belief has been set. Now, these beliefs can be set by people getting mad at you. Uh, as a little boy, they can be set by people telling you with authority that this is how you need to act. And if you act any other way, you're going to hell. Whatever it is, uh, you have these subconscious beliefs and they make up who you are and keep you congruent. Now, this is important to understand because this is why, Michael, if I knew you very well, I could start to become very uh, comfortable that in any situation, I know how Michael's going to act. 
So then I can decide, do I talk to Michael about this or do I keep this quiet from him? You know, because he might get mad at me. Uh, it makes you, you. But again, we're all programmed like little robots and you is an invented role. We're just all playing roles. But one of the things that he learned is that he had the power and the right to change his role anytime he wanted to. All he had to do was dream up the role he wanted to play or the life he wanted and then tell his subconscious mind in the language of the gods, the language it hears and responds to and believes. And it would then organize different situations and circumstances into his life to support this new role he's playing. Let me ask you a question, <clears throat> actually two questions. So one is, if your subconscious mind, if whatever your subconscious mind believes about you is the way it's going to be, who told it what to believe? What do you think about that? I've never been asked that question before. So it's really fascinating. If I would look at it from a very analytical perspective, well, I would go, okay, it's the programming of parents, community, friends, teachers, television, movies, books, all of the things when you're in your infancy, in the womb, in the generations of the DNA that go back hundreds of years that lead to you being who you are. And that's a good answer. And it's part of the true answer, but the truest most simple answer is you told your subconscious mind, the mechanism that controls your life, what to believe about you in a language that is represented by this magic lamp in the story. This language is the language of feelings. Feelings is the language of the gods, and your subconscious mind believes every one of your feelings. And then whatever it believes, it makes true in your physical realm over time. Yeah. I, now, I this, connect with that a lot. And, and let me tell you why, Jeff, because I, I've, I've explained the definition of mindset many times on this show, because people in this industry... They tout the word mindset like it's the next hot thing, but no one ever teaches anyone what it means. And so I'm going to connect some dots and I want to talk through this because this makes perfect. I love where this is going right now because it's really resonating with me. Because in my thoughts, in my body, in my embodiment of who I am, it took my mindset shift, understanding feelings, what you're getting into right now that changed my life forever. Because how do you go from 350 pounds, two packs a day, 50 grand in debt to building giant businesses, to speaking on the biggest stages in the world, to have billionaire people invest in your dreams? And it's this, what you think becomes what you speak, what you speak become your actions and your actions become your reality. So there, there's a there's a parallel here, maybe not the exact same, but there's a parallel. So then uh, really, I think the question is, within the context of this, the feelings are the language of the God, knowing that people get trapped in their feelings, Jeff. 
how do you actually change that subconscious thought to give you what you need to become who you're capable of being? Okay, so there it is. That's what I was reading that night and realized this is the formula. This is how you do it. You have to change the way you feel about any aspect of your life because the way you feel about that aspect is the way it is and the way it's going to stay because your subconscious mind is all about congruency and it it generates all of its beliefs based on your feelings. So it keeps your life congruent with your predominant feelings about any given thing. So if you're in a bad relationship, it's because you feel on a deep conscious level that that's what you deserve. That's what it's like. That's how it is. Nobody, you know, even if you know other people have great relationships, you don't believe on a core level that you deserve one or that you can ever have one. Same with finances, same with a great career, same with someone who believes, hey, I make 48,000 a year and I've tried for 20 years to make you know more than that and maybe it's creeped up a little bit, but I'm just, I'm not one of those guys that can go out and make 2 million a year. Yes, you are. You're just trapped by a subconscious belief. I'm gonna throw out one other thing here that's a little strange. Your subconscious mind is connected to all wisdom, all knowledge. It is literally connected to God. But it respects and supports the role that you've decided to play. And you're telling your subconscious mind in the way you feel every minute of every day what that role is. And then it will just support it and make sure that your real physical life and is congruent with, I mean, think of it as a stage manager and you're dedicated to a certain role. Well, it's going to roll out all the trappings, all the furniture, the right car, the right people to support the role that you chose and you're dedicated to playing. But what if you decide, what if you learn that feelings is how you communicate with your subconscious mind and you decide, hey, I'm sick of my role. I'm going to change drastically how I feel about money, about my health, my weight, my level of energy and excitement for life. I'm going to change all of that. And I'm going to do it by changing the way I feel. Well, you can't look to reality to do it because if you look at your reality, oh my gosh, I have, you know, very <laughs> money in the bank. I got the stack of bills. You're right back to feeling crappy about your finances and your subconscious mind is listening and it's going to keep your life congruent with your crappy feelings about your finances. Same with a relationship. You walk in the house, your wife says something nasty to you. You feel bad now. So you act on your feelings. You say something back to her and that relationship is either going to stay the same or spiral downward until one or both of you changes how you see the relationship and your role in a relationship 
which will change the way you feel about relationships. And then that relationship will change. You can't stop it. I feel like I should give maybe an example at this point. Yeah, that's so I'm consuming this because I'm I'm in my head I'm playing out all these moments of massive massive transition for me. Yes. I mean, you know, statistically literally I should be dead or in jail. That is not me exager- exacerbating, right? That is me looking at the context of my life, right? And I'm putting myself through the thought process of, I know what, I literally, Jeff, know what it's like to steal food to survive. Wow. And I also know what it's like to spend $5,000 on dinner. And that is not me gloat. You, you will understand this, but we're going to lose people right now. Okay. And I, I understand that. And that's a part of this show. Cause I don't ever want to hide truth from people. I believe entirely that the only reason that I've ever been able to do anything that I've been able to do is because I made a cognizant decision to force my subconscious mind to believe that I was capable of doing it. That's yeah. it. That's Absolutely. the only way. That's it. Once That's your subconscious way. mind believes that you're supposed to make a million a year, you will make a million a year. It knows the million dollar idea already. It's just, it won't bring it to you until you dial in your feelings to I am worthy of and should have a million dollars. So how do you, so that's the thing, right? Because for me, Jeff, this happened honestly in what feels like maybe it's through a lot of brainwashing, right? And like self brainwashing, but it, but it felt like I just, I became so obsessed with this idea that I could be a different person that I literally burned down the entire old life. I, I said to myself, I can't go back to that. I'll never smoke again. I'll never do drugs the way I did. I'll never hook up with strangers again. I'll never do. So much of it became this really, really empirical truth of show up, shut up and show up and stop making excuses. And and I feel this is what really kills me about doing this because I've interviewed everybody, Jeff. I've interviewed so many people, amazing human beings, and everyone who has had a massive shift in their life says the same thing. But yet you and I know this, and I'm going to call it what it is because I will never I will never support this audience in not having the life they're possible of having. And so I'm going to say the truth. Most people listening to this, are A, think we're full of shit, B, don't think it's for them, and C, already stopped listening. And so for those that are still here with us, what do they actually do? Give us something tactical right now that they need to do to be able to change the subconscious thought to have the abundance and joy and love and hope and compassion, all the things that life can have for them. Okay. Learn to speak the language of the gods. You're already doing it. You're speaking to your subconscious mind in the language of feelings And it's speaking back to you and keeping your life congruent in the language of feelings. That's the communication that's taking place all the time. So you could ask yourself right now, how do I feel about finances? How do I feel about my primary relationship or my health? However, when you ask that question, you immediately feel a certain way about your health, your finances, your relationship. And how you feel 
is what your subconscious mind believes to be true about you and that aspect of life. Now let's get to how you change it. Let's say there's one or two or three aspects that you're not happy with. In my case, the number one was finances, but then there were a whole bunch of others too. And I had to be honest with myself that the way I felt about finances was exactly the way my life was. Now, most people think, well, wait a minute. The reason you feel the way you do about your finances is because reality matches, you know, your finances and that you feel it's exactly the other way around. Yes, it's true. Your reality is going to match the way you've, you feel, but it starts with the way you feel. So in this second parchment, there is something about your superpower. This is how you change the way you speak to your internal genie. And this is your ability to imagine and pretend. This is how you've learned almost everything in life. And you were an absolute pro at doing this as a child. But you were taught, literally taught, and in fact, in some cases, scolded and punished if you didn't stop using your superpower by a certain age. You think about going to school and you're staring out the window and you're daydreaming about skiing or riding a horse and whap on your desk. There's the teacher's ruler. Jeff, get your head out of the clouds. What do you know? You got to quit living in a make-believe world and get with the program. All right. So you did. No problem. These are well-meaning people who need you to participate in their program, your parents, teachers. And so you quit dreaming the way you did as a kid. You quit make-believing. You quit using your ability to pretend. But I want you to think about something. <clears throat> if you're poor right now, let's say you've got very little money in the bank. You've got no cash in the house. You know, you're, you're behind on your rent, whatever it is. I want you to ask the question, what would it feel like to have $400,000 cash hidden somewhere in the house or in the yard or under the mattress? What would that feel like? Now, your subconscious mind loves this game, and it will immediately give you the feelings associated with, if you pretend with intensity that you've got 400 grand stashed away, it will give you a portion of the feelings associated with that. And they'll match perfectly with if you actually had 400 grand hidden somewhere. Now, here's the crazy part. If you were to dwell on that imaginary scenario with a certain amount of consistency and intensity every day, you're generating the feelings of wealth. And your subconscious mind who gave you those feelings in the first place is listening to these new feelings you're experiencing and believing them. And if you do enough of it, it is going to start integrating more events and situations in your life that match wealth and having plenty and the feelings that it makes you experience when you think of having like a big pile of cash or a chest full of cash or a job that makes a million a year. 
but your subcon there's certain games that your subconscious mind won't play. Affirmations, sitting there saying, I'm rich, I'm rich, I'm rich. Well, it's not buying that. It knows that you're saying that because you know you're poor and you wish you were rich. <laughs> but you haven't changed your feelings, so it hasn't changed anything. It just knows, hey, you're poor, you feel poor, and you're saying something. All right, whatever. Back to the grind. If you learn to control your feelings, this is the language of the gods. This is what is represented by the magic lamp. This is what changes everything for Aladdin. You can change your life. Now, I told you earlier that I went from being like a $60,000 a year guy to making hundreds of thousands a month. In fact, it got so crazy that I had to use the first of the seven principles, this language of the gods, to tone it down a bit. It got to be too much. I had to slow it down. It was like drinking money out of a fire hose. I had money coming in from everywhere. And it started to create a life that I didn't want when I was imagining plenty of money and wealth. All of a sudden, you know, my whole day is spending meetings with the tax attorney and the even the sheriff, because people are trying to rip you off when you have that kind of money. And I wanted free time and time with my family. And so I tuned it down and got it to exactly what was comfortable and wonderful for me, what really fit me. Jeff, that makes me think <laughs> I, I smirked. If you're watching this on YouTube, you probably saw me laugh. Um, <laughs> be careful what you wish for, bro. You know, yes. the, the universe will always give you, I'm telling you right now, I, I remember the first time I read Paulo Coelho's book, um, The Alchemist, right? Very similar guise of this story, right? And I remember the, the line that, I mean, it might be truly one of the second or third biggest shifts in my mentality is when I read this book. So I'm, I'm living in Indiana, Indiana. And my life is honestly just really rock bottom, dude. I'm I'm miserable. I'm miserable. My girlfriend hates me because I'm around on her all the time. I'm out of money. My my brothers and I are just in the most massive tumultuous relationship. I'm incredibly sick, like physically ill, like on death's door. And and a friend of mine gave me a copy of this book. Remember, I went to his house. He lived in Cincinnati, and I drove back. I drove back home to Indy. And the book was sitting next to me on the, the car seat. And I was just like, I'm going to read this tonight. And, and at that moment, I didn't, right? Like very much similar to you, right? I didn't read it that moment. I didn't even read it that night. And what happened is I, I made a decision. So I'm going to move to Portland, Oregon, thousands of miles away from this. And I'm going to step further into this idea of the person that I believe I can be. I'm going to leave all this old me behind. And on the drive, it's, it's about a four-day drive at the pace I was going because I was going slow because I really needed to like contemplate like what the f is happening. <laughs> and so I'm driving literally the speed limit the whole way there. And, and every night I have to stop in a hotel and I have to, to sleep and, and rest and eat. And each night in this hotel, I pick up this book and I start reading it. Because it, it, oddly enough, had not left my car seat. And this is probably a two-month difference in time between the moment I, he gives me this book and the moment I start this drive. 
And so each night I'm reading this book and I remember there's a line in it that says the universe will always conspire in your favor. Mm. And each night I kept reading this book and I, I get, I get to Denver and I happen to be in Denver now and I get to Denver and I'm, I'm staying at one of my best friend's house. I love this person dearly. Her and her husband are amazing, amazing humans. And I'm laying in bed and I'm reading this book and I'm reading this book and I'm reading this book. And there's a line where they talk about there's a silversmith in town. who The only thing he ever has wanted to do was travel the world. And yet he never had because he was terrified. And so the, the boy, the, the protagonist in the story says, I will go and do it. I'll, I'll go travel the world for you. And so this boy starts living out all these adventures, trying to find out who he is. And it, I was like, oh, I'm that boy. Like, I'm trying to figure this out, right? And the next day I get in my car, I start driving and I land in Portland. That night, I finished the book. And it hit me again. I, I went back through the chapters. I was like, where was that thing? Where was that thing? And it said, the universe will conspire in your favor. And it made me realize something. And this is almost a decade ago now, Jeff. It made me realize that you will only ever get what you allow yourself to have. Mm. So and that's, what, and that's what this is. And, I, and I, I hope that the people who are listening to this will understand that the, the potential and possibility of your infinite unlimited potential is everywhere. But it's not coming unless you give it to yourself first. Yes. If you're going to change, if you're 300 pounds and you want to get down to a svelte 185 and, you know, and ripped, you have to begin by seeing yourself at 185 to the point where you can see it in your mind's eye and feel what it would be like to be 185. That will immediately give you motivating feelings to do something yes. different because you'll like those feelings. And you'll yes. immediately think, hey, maybe today we go to the gym and I just do my best. And instead of eating that box of donuts, I'm going to eat four eggs, whatever. You're good. As soon as you change the way you see yourself, you change how you feel. And as soon as you change how you feel, your subconscious mind doesn't care. It does not care how you feel, happy, sad, whatever you want. It will just support, it believes your feelings. And if you create enough of them, it will support, it will believe them and support your role. I want to uh, leave this because I feel like I've, we've dumped enough on your poor audience. But I want to tell them how to get this book and why I wrote the book. I wrote the yep, book, absolutely. Seven Secrets. You can download it for what I call almost free. I think we charge $2. I'm just trying to give the book to everybody that I can get it to. And it teaches you, there's nothing held back. I teach you how to speak the language of the gods, show you exactly why, what's happening when you do that, how it works. And by the way, understanding it, the how and the why, why am I doing this and what's going to change and how is it going to change is everything. It will make you do it. People can say, hey, be positive, you know, think positive thoughts, feel better. 
And you try, but you just go right back to your old programming because you don't understand how you're changing your old programming, how you're changing your life. So you can download this book today. You could be speaking the language of the gods tonight and all day tomorrow and the next day. And I promise you, if you do this, you will change any aspect of your life that you want to. And it's fun because everything you want is already out there in this magical place called, you know, out there somewhere. And your subconscious mind already knows your next perfect business partner, the next perfect business idea, the next perfect sweetheart. All you got to do is tell it in the language of feelings, feelings that match that perfect relationship or perfect business, and it will go get it. You don't have to figure it all out. This isn't just identify the life you want and then work really hard, and who knows, it might work out. This has an element of absolute magic to it. Tell your subconscious mind in the language it believes, and it will go orchestrate a new life for you. It'll bring new people, new interactions, new videos will pop up. You'll be looking for different things and therefore finding different things. And my life changed so rapidly that it blew the mind of almost everybody around me, family, friends. Like I say, I had people come to me in absolute anger. Jeff, what have you done? You know, now my wife wants a new house and isn't happy with my occupation, you know. But there is no more fun treasure hunt or way to live than learning to speak the language of the gods and committing to it. And it will open up a new world where you might do it wrong at first, like I did, where I created too much money, too much uh, wealth. I mean, I, I was about wrecking my kids. I heard things come out of their mouth that I didn't want to hear, you know, little, I thought, little brat, but use the same principles to dial it in perfectly for your life, your lifestyle, what you really want and what you value out of life. You can yeah. do that. Uh, I'll, you go to sultans seven secrets.com download Amazing. The almost free. And, uh, I want to give it, I want to put it out there as a gift. Uh, I got it as a gift and it's been, as I look back over the last 30 years, one of the most valuable, sweet, kind things that anyone has ever done for me. That little lady handed me that manuscript. It's changed my life. And if you're listening to this and you're feeling like, oh my gosh, you know, I, I have been living in fear. I have been living because I, I haven't known how to control my life, how to seize control of it. And this sounds like I could do that. There's a reason why you're hearing it right now. You Absolutely. Are, are a child of God. You are being taken care of. You are getting tidbits when you're ready for them. Yep. And so I realized is that I don't teach this to teenagers. I teach it to people who have stripes on their back because that's when it means something to them. That's when they say, are you kidding me? I can take control of my life. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for teaching me how to do that. And I, I believe that too, Jeff, I truly do. And, and something will happen for people who pay attention to what we just talked about for the last hour. 
one day they will have the most beautiful deja vu they have ever experienced. My friend, this has been an absolute incredible conversation. Unbroken Nation, we will put the link in the show notes at thinkunbrokenpodcast.com. And of course, you can go to the website that Jeff just gave you. My last question for you, my friend, what does it mean to you to be unbroken? Uh, you are broken until you realize who you are. You are a literal child of God who's been sent off to have, sent off to school, to have an experience. And you're here to, well, experience is the currency of eternity. So whether it's quote unquote bad experience or great fun experience, you're getting rich. You're getting loaded just for being here. But it's more fun to have good experiences and fun experiences than it is to learn from failure and frustration and all of that. So learn to do that. Learn to seize control of your life. I love that, my friend. This is a beautiful conversation. Thank you so much for being here. Unbroken Nation, thank you for listening. Please like, subscribe, comment, share, tell a friend and leave a review because then you aren't just a participator, you are an action taker. And until next time, my friends, be unbroken. Thank you, I'll Michael. See Thank you so much for listening to Think Unbroken. Please share this episode with someone who could use it and help us move forward in our mission of ending generational trauma in our lifetime. And if you would, please take five seconds to pop on iTunes or Spotify, hit that five star, leave a review, and you can also reach out to us on social at Michael Unbroken or at Think Unbroken. And of course, you can check out our YouTube channel at Think Unbroken. Thank you for being a part of Unbroken Nation, my friends, and until next time, be unbroken say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill when you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. <sighs> visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show. But I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a wait list for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly 
coaching program.